I've had a Zippo lighter in the past. When I was they doing, suck. they never. Yeah, they, it's, it's like you. If I don't put in every five times, but in Vietnam they were always like. Burning the village. It's all zip. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't light a fucking cigar with it. <laughs> How did it always work in the jungle of, of the, the Mekong River? It, it, because zippos work when it's nice and moist out. <laughs> <Yes>. Really? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, do you drink? I, I do. Well, uh, you know, we have my booze over here. Oh, this, what am I asking? I'm asking hombres. a guy who's got a giant uh, tequila company. That's not the only thing. Can I... Uh, Try your dust ombre. Would you? I feel like we're doing an infomercial. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> Can I try it? <laughs> Step up to the smooth, refreshing you know, flavor. It's a <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, mm. It is a a great little sipping thing. I love it. Aaron you, always and I, drink, you always drank tequila. I've been drinking. No, actually, mezcal. This is a mezcal, and our mezcal has been around now for three and a half years. Or, mezcal? Yeah, that's what is this is. Is it a type of tequila? Actually, it's the other way around. Tequila is a mezcal. Oh. So... Is any... that from mescaline? No, no. It sounds very much it, like It mescal... does sound, sound like mescaline. <laughs> it no. sounds like they possibly could be the same <laughs> drug. No. Would you like it with soda? No. No, I, you I just, just drink it straight? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Is that because you're on the company or just because you really like it's, it that way? I like it this way. <laughs> okay. But if I am if I want to sip something all night, I don't want to drink, I'll, I'll put soda in it. Well, I drink yeah, it with this. Go. Uh, I'm going to give this company a plug because I think they should advertise here. And maybe I think that's we, a soda. Will it's you, uh, I drink this stevia soda. It's called, stevia. It's called Zevia. Oh, Zevia. Because and I, I can never find it anywhere. Um I literally take it into a restaurant because it's the only soda that doesn't it doesn't have sugar or aspartame. Uh, so it's carbonated. It's stevia, which I think is I'm not sure it's health food, but I it's I think I know it's better than sugar and steve and uh, aspartame. Well, I mean, so you're saying stevia, which yeah. is that sweetener, right? Uh, cheers, by the way. Nice to see you. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Bill. You know I'm a big fan of yours. I mean, I'm not just saying I have that. Yours. Well, no, that we were that's just probably why about. we both accepted to do this because, because <laughs> you know, we're almost the exact same age. Do you know yeah. that? I'm January 20, 1956. Ah, you're you're a two months, and you like are, a month and a half older. You're March, March 7th, 56. Mel Gibson, I think, is March 56. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, yeah. I think it's, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Can you imagine if you and Mel had just switched parts your whole career? Why couldn't you have been Braveheart? Why could or I not have been? why couldn't you be, uh, you know, with the, I'm too old for this yes. shit guy. You could have yeah. done that. And he could have been on Malcolm in the Middle. And Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad, yeah. He probably would have. I uh, wouldn't switch with Mel at this point. <laughs> I don't want- you could have been in the, the Passion of the Christ, <laughs> wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Did you ever see it? I did not see that one. You might be surprised at this, but I, I even said this publicly. I think it's a terrific movie. Really? I think he's an amazing filmmaker. Apocalypto is a great movie. Yeah, Braveheart is Braveheart. awesome. And look, I'm an atheist, but I get the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm here for the story and the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> as storytelling it's very compelling he's no he is he is a very good storyteller and 
you know, he, he was also a very good actor at one time. And I don't know. I mean, uh, I, personal life. He, he, yeah. <laughs> Conflagration. Well, yeah. <laughs> sugar tits. Remember, remember sugar tits? Oh, tit? boy. <laughs> um, well, he had the loon father. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know about his father. Not too much. No. <laughs> <laughs> I he, try to stay away. He had, he had like more Catholic than the Pope. You've heard that. Oh, thing. okay. Yes. He had the more Catholic than the Pope father. Mm. I mean, crazy Catholic. Yeah, that's tough. Who, who was like, it's almost like, you know, Trumpers who the regular Republicans aren't. That's right. <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> like these 20 clowns who, who just held up the speakership yeah. with Kevin McCarthy. They go far right. Right. That's Kevin. That's uh, Mel Gibson's father with the Catholic Church. That's he was always case. criticizing the church because they did things like, you know, the mass in English was yeah. too liberal for him. Oh, yeah. Or like they used to do the, the mass with the priest would have his back to the crowd. I, I was one of the congregants at that time <laughs> in a fucking church. And even I, at seven years old, on a Sunday, having to wear a goddamn tie and a suit. And right. That's the last place in the world you wanted to be. Right. And I, my brother and I would get uh, an ear twist from our mother when we're, we were fucking around in the pews. And those hard bench pews. Yes. And we, the only thing we could have fun with in the Catholic Church in those days was, are we going to stand next or are we going to kneel next? Right. We stand or kneel. And it was all, almost like, <laughs> you know, um, so it, it, was, it was terrible. And we, the, the priest coming down, with the smoke thing, the smoke thing. And it's like, and, it, and you don't understand a word. He goes up to the pulpit, right. he turns his back facing the crucifixion. And right. I mean, it's like, yeah. what the hell are we doing here? What is this? Um, I'm so interested to hear you talk about this because, you know, I was brought up Catholic. And I also yes. was a seven-year-old boy in hard bench pews. And probably I made the movie Religious out of, because of how much I was turned off to religion back then when they scared the shit out of me and we, we went to catechism. Did you go to catechism with nuns mm -hmm. who taught you the Catholic? I still have the mimeographed thing they gave us of a hundred questions that we had to memorize. Yeah. Like, who is God? Where is God? You know, all those kind of, and there was specific, and you had to, and I remember crying because I was in seven or, in school, they, they weren't that strict. Catholic schools, they don't fuck around. No. Even today, when parents want their kids to get an actual education instead of the bullshit that goes on in other schools, regular schools, even if they're not Catholic, they send them to Catholic schools if they can get them in. And they just tell them, yes, there's going to be some bullshit about Jesus. <laughs> just ignore that. They're going to teach you grammar. And I've seen it with kids. Absolutely. Yes. You can tell when and a you... kid has got a Catholic education. Yeah. Yeah, there's no shit about that. So you went through Catholic school all the way to high school? No. Not Catholic school. No. And my mother was Jewish, which I didn't find out till later, but a hint oh. a hint should have been that she never went to church with my sister and my father and I. And I never asked why. It just never, you know, it just was never a thing, so I never questioned it. And I was so nervous about going to church itself it gave me such anxiety that i wasn't even thinking about that it just she just never went yeah. so but yes my sister and i would be driven to um catechism first yeah. that was like two hours before 
the mass we went to. Oh. And then my father would show up at the church and then we'd go to the mass together and then we'd go home. <laughs> but I, did you go to a, a, a Bible study and all no, that stuff? No, but that and, was by, you know. Yeah, the, your I catechism mean, was that, yeah. Catechism was yeah. just learning about, it's so interesting you mentioned like what you found uh, appealing, which is sitting and standing. My big thing was the collection plate. That and the red candles. They had yeah. these red, yeah, uh, not can the candles weren't red, but they were in this little red yeah. thing where the you glass, lit, the glass, right, and and you lit them for like dead people, right? <laughs> no, you did. I remember. And you put a dollar in, or you know, quarter well, fifty was, cent. That, well, they had the little slot where you put the money in. Oh yes, yes, yes. Right. Where they had all the candles, and there was a slot with a, a cash box, basically, and they would come <laughs> empty it every now and then. That's yeah, a good but, description of a church itself. Yeah, the cash box. <laughs> but you're right. Slit with a cash I, I box. I always thought, who? How did they get that job? The guys look like pool skimmers, right? And they send right. they send this you're little trade. The, that's what fascinated <laughs> me. That it was a basket on the end of a long pole, <laughs> filled it, with I, money, and it was just so <laughs> filled with money. And my father would give me a quarter to put into it. Oh. And one time, I remember that, God, the things you remember, but I guess it was traumatic. You know, I was bored to tears, of course, as you were. Yep. And so I had, for some reason, rolled the quarter up in my shirt. <laughs> so then the basket's there, and I'm like, I couldn't try to get the quarter out of my shirt. I, <clears throat> I think that's where my sneaky Pete started, really, when I was so bored I needed to do something, and I had a. I was given a, a dollar to put in there in the basket, and I would fold it up as kids do. I palmed it a couple times. I I rattled. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, rattled the basket and just. Good, you know, good for you. And I was wow. Like, do, 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 do. There's there's a candy bar and plus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that takes balls. It would have really took balls to take some out. Now that. Would have gotten my attention. Yeah, let me, can I change? <laughs> yeah, it's like, put in a 10. Yeah, yeah, it's a... It, I, I find it fascinating that all those sermons I sat through, and I remember my father talking about the sermon, like, I guess to my mother or something like when we got home, because that was the part that he was interested in, because it was a guy... You know, he was obviously a, still a practicing Catholic. He did quit at some point, but so he cared. And he was very often disappointed because he wanted, you know, um, some soaring rhetoric from some wise person. Because a sermon was is just a speech about yeah. something, that, something. The, that the priest or the pastor chooses to speak about. Yeah. So it can be good, it can be bad, it can be try. And um, and. It's interesting that, I've, of course, I was a kid, but I can't remember one word from no. one. There is nothing that sticks in my mind that that sermon ever reached me. No. Well, they were talking over us. Well, they were talking to adults. Yeah, I mean, they were I, talking over us. We, it wasn't for us. And I remember distinctly thinking, why are they doing this to kids? <laughs> I remember they, they, like it was a punishment. Why are they doing this to, to kids? This is awful. Well... And it turned me off, too. I mean, it is. I mean, I think it was Richard Dawkins who called it, you know, when just bringing a kid up in a religion, child abuse, because mm -hmm. the kid has no choice. I mean, you're you're just inculcating him in this 
superstitious voodoo and it's full of bad, I mean, occasionally the Bible stumbles upon some morality, but, it, yeah. but it's almost unintentional. You know, yeah. and and pretty obvious. Do unto others as you would have. And there's like, a couple. Oh, okay. of, there's a couple of greatest yeah. hits, but there's a lot of. You know, I always go. <clears throat> I've talked about it on my show. I mean, slavery for the people who are wanting to cancel Thomas Jefferson and George Washington because they had slaves and everybody else in an era when everyone had slaves who could afford it, right. including people of color in other parts of the world. Yeah, it was a human thing. Yeah. It's not just a white thing. Yeah. Okay. So um, if you're going to cancel Jefferson and Washington, you have to cancel Jesus because he never spoke against it. It's not in the old, God, there's a million rules about slavery. None of them are, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason is because it literally didn't cross their minds. No one ever says in either testament, what about we just uh, don't do it at all? What? Don't do it at all. Well, who's going to schlep the big stones over to the, you know, to make the cathedral and make the, you know. Yeah. It just, it did not enter their minds. It just was a way every civilization did it. The Romans did it. The Egyptians did it. You know, Slav is is a, slave comes from the word Slav. Or Slavic, very, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. wide. I mean, yeah. there were slaves everywhere. It's just people were like, hey, if I can make you my bitch, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. God. I, you know. Um, yeah. So where I, I just want to hear them answer that question. What about your boy Jesus, the Prince of Peace? Yeah. Because he's got sweet fucketh all to say <laughs> about this kind of, you'd think it'd be kind of a big issue. Or maybe it would, the Ten Commandments, don't you think that should be maybe in the top 10 more than like false idols? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he did come out and he did, of course, embrace, Ooh. well, Jesus. He uh, did, he, well, he didn't come out. No, he's, yeah. he's still closeted. <laughs> um, uh, That's he, why they say, amen. Amen. <laughs> Uh, he, you know, I mean, uh, Mary Magdalene, he, he was embracing of, of her, not judgmental of her and, and saying, yeah. You know, oh, I'm not saying I mean, he wasn't a, a good guy. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good saying, thing. He, it never crossed his mind yeah. to See, condemn slavery. Yeah. They ha- I'm telling you, they had rules about it, but it was like, some issues there. if, uh, a man <laughs> yeah. decapitates your slave. You make decapitate yeah. it. You know one of his it was, slaves. Yeah, yeah, it was just. It was never like, but don't do it. Yeah, but let's just junk the whole concept. It just never occurred it, to it them. Never occurred to them because the, the, that talk about being privileged was superior then. Because mankind advances just the way humans do in increments. That's why. 200 years ago, it's just how people thought. There, yeah. was a, there was an abolition society in America at the time of the founding of the revolution, the founding of the country. It had 24 members. That's how many people. That's it. That's it. Now, by 1860, it had changed. Yeah. And most of the world had got rid of slavery before we did. We were bringing up the rear. Um. But, you know, you could gay marriage. Obama was against it his first term. 
Speaking of bringing up the rear. Um, <laughs> you know, Pete, yes, he was, you know, but, but that was a political move. That was because he thought that yeah, politically, but it's still, but it reflects too soon. Of course, because yeah. it was, because yeah. it reflected where the people were. Yeah. That, my point being that people just don't grow up overnight. Society no, doesn't. It does. More raise And, but for God's sakes, it's time. It's 400 fucking years that we've dealt with this. Oh. And our country still has not taken responsibility or accountability. For what? For the history of the systemic racism that's in this country. What should we do more? Well, I mean, for, for one thing, uh, critical race theory, I think, is essential to be teaching. It depends on what you mean by that. Well, I mean, I mean teaching how the race trade... And, and racism is systemic in everything we've done, in, in government, in social uh, activities. Yes, in, it has been. I mean, it's, it's, it's embedded in it. It's like, for example, why the Second Amendment really, really was, I mean, this is one person's theory, but I think it's the truth. The Second Amendment really has to do with, uh, in a country where you were keeping a, a hostile people in chains, you needed guns uh, to, you know, you needed very loose reins on guns to keep keep the lid on that. Yeah. So that, that has a lot to do with why other countries don't have like a second amendment, a second the, amendment the way we do. And we didn't have an organized army. We didn't have a an organized militia. So you had to you had to form one quickly and be able to get the arms quickly yeah. when we were being attacked. Exactly. So. But if you but critical race theory can mean it's I mean it's just one of these catch-all terms. If you mean we should honestly teach our past, of course. If you mean more what the uh, 1619 book says, which is that it's just the essence of America and that we are irredeemable, that's just wrong. It's yeah. not. I mean, okay. yeah, right. I, I I agree with that. But even even teaching our past and being honest and owning up to who we are as a country in the history. Most schools are doing that. I'm, I'm sure there are ones in Texas that are not. In Florida, they're, they're, they, they want to do, do away with critical race theory in a lot of other states. Because, some, because sometimes it veers off into things that are really not appropriate in schools. So how do you govern you, that? If you're how telling you... five-year-olds that you're either an oppressor or someone who uh, was uh, oppressed, you're you're introducing ideas about race that are inappropriate for for kids that age who can't understand okay, it. Okay, so common sense would common sense that. is what's lacking in yeah, this country. You need that's why, but that is why people wind up passing laws about that. And yes, you're right. Very often the laws go too far, but it's not coming out. It's not coming from nothing. It's coming from things that have started in colleges mm. and very far left woke thinking that uh, many people feel is not appropriate in schools. I mean, the same thing with, with gender stuff. You know, can they just be kids for a minute? Bef right. Okay. And, and, and that's absolutely. And we have to find that time, that level of maturity when a, when a child can understand that at certain times in this country's history, there was a grave mistreatment of other human beings. I think we get that. Well, no, we don't get it. What oh, do we get? Really? It? You think that is not something that is now widely understood and agreed? 
it's definitely not widely understood. That America has a, a sorry racist past? It's talked about and whispered, but they don't whispered. know Whispered? Yes. It's, you it, what, what, the Jim Crow laws? So, but that's so Emancipation years Proclamation I, I in 1865. It was 1965 or in 1964 when the Civil Rights Act was passed by LBJ. But, but this is 2023. It took a hundred years. I know, but is my point. Can we live in the year we're living in? You don't think Or you live in the year living okay, in. Okay, well the year we're living in is not drive me to drink. It's not it's not what man. you're describing. I, you're describing in America, yes, that I think most right thinking people would agree was deplorable in so many ways. No, no, I'm good. You good? <laughs> it's tasty though. It is good. It's taste very different and I like it. It's a little smoky, so but not because too it's smoky. mezcal it's and mezcal not, and not tequila, because it's smoked and not steamed. Yeah. Anyway, what were we arguing about? Well, probably the Golden Globes, which you sound like you should be making. Hello. A... <laughs> um, um, no, I, I, I just think Globes. we need to live in the year we're living in, and uh, acknowledging progress is not saying uh, the past isn't horrible or that we're done and there's no more work to be done. It's just being realistic about where we are today. And where we are today is nothing like the times you're describing, uh, as bad as they were. So, say, so, so you're, you, I mean, this is, right. I think, a problem with a lot of the left. They, they seem to be obsessed on the past. The past is important. It's not then the only it. thing. They, they teach it like the I, Holocaust. Again, you I want think to be able most to places it. do teach it. There are places. No. There are also there are, there are places that go too far on either side. Can we agree with that? But I bet you most places in America. I mean, again, this is 2023. The people who are doing the teaching are of a generation that is not mostly interested in suppressing the past or being racist. I mean, have I disagree you, with that. Well, then you don't watch a lot of the videos that they themselves post. They themselves, teachers and and educators, trust me, they're they're hyper aware of race. If anything, it is injected too much into everything. But you sound like you're more in the uh, Hollywood woke camp, and I. I'm not that's fine. That, it doesn't a, mean we have to. No, like, it's like a, it's it's a, a humanistic camp. I want, I want, did, did you, did you know when you were a child, did you know that, that segregation was all through? Again, when I was a child was the sixties. Yeah. This is 2023. When you keep going the, back to like, yeah, how Bill, it was, you, it's, and, it's and as still if the present. same people, it is still, of course, you know what? Racism is always going to be present in, in not just white people, but in all people it, to a certain degree. You can't, you can't completely um sanctify human nature it's just what it is uh, it's tainted uh we try to extirpate it as extirpate it as much as we possibly can but we can't certainly it's a great thing that we've passed most of the laws that you would need i mean discrimination is illegal has been for a very long time obviously it'll always be fought in the courts and so forth but though but i mean as opposed to these errors you're talking about when it wasn't even the law. Jim Crow, yes. Before the Civil Rights Act, yes. But that's a long time ago. So, And you seem you. to think that the, the country in 2023 is populated by seething racists who are, who are unaware of our past and 
and the obligation we have to do better. I, I, I do agree that there are people who, who want to move forward without looking at the past. And when you move forward without looking at the past and course so, correcting, you're in trouble because it can happen again. Well, can't we do both? Can't we, look, can't we let be me cognizant of the past yes. and move forward? Yes, you can. Let me ask you and a question. And acknowledge the present. Also. And let me ask you a question. Yeah. When you look at this guy's hat, make America great again. What do you think about that? Sweetheart, nobody has made more fun of Donald Trump than I. I know. So I'm just you can't you. get me on like, I like Donald Trump. I'm I don't not like saying Don that. Okay. I'm not saying and that. And I get your point. I've said it myself. Yes, make America great again. I understand to a certain number of people, that's a dog whistle about America was better when it was whiter. I get that. Okay. But I, I will, would you then also accept that there's a large swath of people? in his camp and other people like him who have no clue that that's a dog whistle, that they think, oh yeah, make America great again is for everyone. But when was it great? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I know, oh God, I mean, making you know, a big sigh. Come no, on, no. when was it great for, for African-Americans in this country? When was it great? Well, if you're applying for college now, I would say now. So in our history, now, it's great. I didn't say great. It's never great for anybody fully. Well, never what, great for anybody? Well, life is full of problems. So great, you know, yes, if your life is great, you're very lucky. Most people would not say my life is great. Would you say your life is great? Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and a lot of it has. I'm glad for you. It, uh, and I've been privileged. Yes. Do you believe in, in white privilege? I, I like the word advantage better because okay. advantage okay. is broader. Here's the reason why. When you say advantage, now, have I had advantages, especially growing up in, you know, being, a, again, we were born the same year, 1956. If you're born in that year, yes, you were a young person in the 80s, probably in the 80s, um, you know, could uh, like I have been up for a job at a comedy club when I was working little comedy clubs and there was a, a black comedian and they gave it to me instead because they thought I would do better being a white comedian or that they were just maybe had racism in them. Yes, I think that probably could have happened. And that was wrong. Again, I didn't do it. I can't. I mean, we can't all I'm not be saying you're doing it. No, no, no. Recognizing I'm, that it exists. I, 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 yeah. I don't think I should be even questioned that I'm someone who doesn't yes. recognize that it exists. Right. I have a pretty good record of yeah. speaking on the right side of civil rights issues. I just like to be real about where we are. And where we are is not where we were. And some people seem literally reluctant. It seems like they, they feel like the, the worse I think things are, the better person I am. That's what I get from a lot of the left, you know. I think things are worse than you do, so that's what makes me good. And like, I just want the reality. I just want the truth. Yeah. What is the truth of the situation? And again, I'm not, de I'm not decrying that these changes are made. I'm applauding it. I'm applauding it that it's great that if you're a, a, a black kid applying to college, yeah, you don't have to face discrimination like they used to. And very often those colleges and businesses also in America are trying to make up for their sorry past. I think, I, I think we're, not, we're not really far apart. I think it's to, to I mean, yes, are, are there factions that are on both extremes? Of course. But 
to be to say you're you're a liberal person, as I would consider myself. Um, I don't. I I think common sense is 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 the law of the land. It's what should be. I think we are in a much better place than we've ever been before, as far as civil rights, as far as acceptance and. And it just it's just, you know, the people who are running the world now are millennials and Gen Z's. They, they just they're not. I think you're thinking of your generation and, and they are still in place in some places. They're certainly not all racists who are in place. But, yeah, there are, you know, like I said, I don't know if we'll ever get rid of it completely like any human flaw. But the people who are running things, you know, I, I, I just don't think that that's their mindset is let's be racist to people of, of they color. Don't, they, don't, I, they don't understand I, it, but they are innately that way. Innately? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lord. No, what, no. What have you been reading? Oh, babe. You know, come on. You, is that white fragility or some bullshit like no, that? No, it's not white fragility. Well, that's the book. No. Is that where you're getting well, that no. from? No. Uh, no. But innately, like, like original sin, like, like we're, we're we, uh, toxically white born racist? Not, not toxically, but you are, you recognize your experience and your, and what we don't recognize often is, is uh, uh, the privilege that you said, the advantage okay. that you have. We look at look at Congress. Look at look look at the makeup of Congress. You cannot deny that as older white men are the predominant factor in Congress. I don't have the stats in front of me, but there's plenty of people in color in Congress. And it, yes, we are moving from a place where it was all white. We get it. Yes. But Good. what what direction is it going? And I don't and I, I'd like to see the numbers in Congress. Certainly in the Democratic Party, I bet you they're um, at least representative percentage-wise. I would say so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, less so in the Republican Party. Yeah. But I have to tell you, um, Republicans are doing better and better all the time with people of color. I hope be so. Be because the woke shit actually doesn't help any black people. It, see, to me, this is the difference between liberalism and wokeism. Liberalism is about lifting people up. Woke is it just about self-loathing and hating yourself and scolding everybody uh, and virtue signaling. It doesn't actually help anybody. Lifting people up who have gotten a bad shake in this country, who are for some reason downtrodden or have been cheated, absolutely, I've always been for that. Um, but I don't think that's a lot of what's going on. And I think there are... Um, I just look at the numbers from the last election. I mean, Trump, you th what, would you think that he would get even one black or Hispanic vote? He got 20% of the male black vote. And he did better with Hispanics than he did the first time. Yeah. Comes out, you're rapist, <laughs> then gets respectable numbers in that election. And from women, And too. then four years go by, and he does better. Yeah. The people, especially immigrants, they don't like this unrelenting negativism about this country. They're I like, you know what? Totally agree with that. You should see the fucking river I swam through to get here. Yeah. And I get here and all you people do is shit on your own country and tell me how horrible it is. You know what? I came from horrible. You want to know horrible? Mm. I'll tell you fucking yeah. stories. So how can we bridge the chasm that has been created between this 
divisive world that we live in. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say you and me, and I don't want there to be a chasm between us. No, man. So no. you don't mind having a, a good Irish debate like that? Fuck yeah. Good for you. Oh, my God. Love- Come on, buddy. <laughs> And like, dude, I, I, old I, white guys, I, we don't I, know. Should we do this? What, what's the handshake? I don't know. That was the 1956 uh, handshake. <laughs> By the way, I just found out, too, from 23andMe, that, that I'm uh, 10% Ashkenazi Jew. Oh, wow. So we're... My grandmother yeah. uh, converted to Catholicism. Uh, like your, like my mother, like your mother my did mother or didn't, did. or you whatever. Know, my mother. I used to love my mother telling this story about she was this. My parents got married in 1951. Now back then, that was more outrageous than an interracial marriage is today. Yes. Okay. So um, neither family was very happy about it, but my mother agreed to take Catholic lessons. And she really had the greatest affection to the end of her life about this priest who, who did it because she said he was cool. He understood that this was a charade. So he didn't really, ma- he didn't really, oh seri- you know, she could have gotten some asshole yeah. who gave her the hundred questions you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and made her do yeah, it. Made- but this, he said, she, they just talked and, and, and you know. Good and, for him. Yeah. And when I asked my mother at the beginning of religious, I took her back to that church we used to go to. And I don't know why they let us film there, but they did. And I said, like, why did you go along with it? And she said, well, I just thought having some structure was better than nothing. Like, that's how they thought in those days. It was yeah. like, you just can't have no religion. I get, yeah, I get that. <laughs> Even if it's a bullshit religion was, I don't believe in. Well, a lot, of, a lot of the teachings were meant just to keep children in line. Right, that to scare children in life and like, adults. What do you mean, children adults. and adults too? Yes, it's like starts with children, and you know, yeah, you know, but you'll be damned to hell if you don't do this. But so were nursery rhymes, all those Grimm's fairy tales. I mean, they were all designed to scare children into behaving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were gruesome, right? Oh fuck! Weren't they gory? Putting people, and... putting kids in the oven and right. cooking them. And right. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But people were so much rougher, you know, back then. People are just pussies now. Come well, on. you and I had an upbringing where you could. My mom and dad, they didn't know where I was. I'd come home. I'd oh, hop on my bike. Exactly. I'd be with my friends, and I was off. There was no um, helicopter parent. No. There was no, um, what do they call it, bulldozer parenting. You know what that is? What's that? That's when they push out of the way any objects or impediments. It's even worse than helicopters. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, there were people who've always done this. I mean, we used to just call them spoiled kids. Yeah. But now it's gotten to be, you know, so, I mean, that's the, uh, who was the lady? You probably worked with her at one point. Um, She got her kids into college by... Oh, yes. Yes, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> What's her yeah, name? Uh, yeah. She was on some show. Um, yeah. And you probably played Uncle Plunky one I week. I didn't or so. <laughs> play Uncle Plunky. But I'll tell you, you know where we first met? Where? Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were the old lady? <laughs> <laughs> I was Angela Lansbury in drag. And no, Wait. they were... You, wow. You were being groomed. 
Yes. You, they were grooming your ass, man. They were saying, okay, we're going to make this guy the next star of this show. Oh, boy. And you were her I didn't nephew. Even, I did not realize that. Yeah. No, you did too. No, I didn't. They well, put you in a position. Here, here's that, what I remember. Right, okay, here's ahead. what I remember. I did one episode uh, with Roddy McDowell. I remember I was in a hotel room with him all day. No, make any jokes. <laughs> Not to say a word. Sweet, such a sweet guy. Yeah. Um, where I was just like a guest star, where I was like one of the maybe people who killed yeah. somebody in this small town where everyone died every yeah. week. Okay. <laughs> then I guess I did well enough. I came back like the next year and did a one hour episode where she wasn't in it. She just introduced it. That's right. And it was me and Faith Ford. Yep. That's and the one I was in. What? Really? I was in that one. Well, you know what? <laughs> we got to find it. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember reading the script, perhaps not all the way through, yes. because I remember they were fitting me for a, a dress at the end, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I like, got into a, a witch's outfit or something. Oh, maybe that was the other one. I don't know. I don't one that. of them, they had me in a dress, like a, wow. like a witch's outfit, and I think I Did was- you feel pretty? I, <laughs> <laughs> I felt, hey, I should read the whole script for now on. But the other one was a one-hour, they call, used to call an M-O-W. Yes. Movie yes. of remember the week. That? Yeah. So we were hoping it was- we, st we saw it also as a pilot. Yeah. But it was me and her as like, I guess, you know, husband and wife detectives. Listen, okay, so the other actors who were just co-stars, guest stars for the week, right. we were going, this Bill Maher guy, he's being groomed. He's really? Fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, was to it, it was totally that. And we, you know what? We were going, good luck, man. Yeah. You get a, get I mean, a gig. You know, it's when, when you worked, you, you remember in those days, they call, your agent calls you and you're saying yes before the, oh, before course. you hang up the phone. Oh, it's yeah. like, I'll do whatever you want. I'll, uh, oh. you know, what is it, what is it you want me to do? Yeah. I went, I'll I, sit in a hotel room with Roddy McDowell for, for Oh, no, I was thrilled to get yeah. that part on oh, at God, that point. Roddy fucking McDowell, man. I remember uh, going to auditions for, you know, sitcoms I knew were horrible and I was, yeah. Once sitting in a room, and do you know the comedian Charles Fleischer? Sure. He was uh, he was kind of weird looking, oh, very yeah. funny guy, but like he was like a nut. You know, yeah. that was his thing. And I remember I walk in, and he went, "We're rooting for this sitcom," and he went, "Okay, nuts over here, pricks over here." <laughs> <laughs> that was what it was. And did you get up yeah, and move? Yeah. I was out for the prick part. Oh, he was okay, out I'm for over the, here. <laughs> he was out for the nut part. You know. Oh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. That's his claim to fame, and oh, yeah. he was brilliant. Yeah, he was. Uh, Charles, Charles, Charles is a good guy. fucking yeah. actor, man. I should tell you the time that, you know, um, uh, reminded me of Charles Fleischer and, and other, you know, like, um, there was a time when I was, I was doing a movie in Toronto that uh, John Ritter was supposed to do. All right. He was supposed to do this movie and said he did a he did a play and it went to Broadway. And I said and he was still producing this movie I was doing. So I said I was talking to him every day and I said, well, I'll come to New York. I'll see your play. No, no, no. You don't have to see it. You don't have to see the play. And I go, no, come on. What are you talking about? Of course, I'm going to come see the play. He said, no, no, really, you don't have to see the play. And I said, well, stop talking that way. He said, well, give me a call when you come in and we'll see my wife and I fly in. It was during Malcolm in the Middle. We were doing upfronts, and uh, I remember that. And I said, "We're going to go see John uh, Ritter in his play Dinner Party." It was a it was a Neil Simon play. I vaguely remember that, remember that? Dinner Party. Dinner Party. Yeah. 
And uh, inevitable name for a play. It's got to happen at least once. So I, she says, oh, no, we shouldn't go see that. And I go, what? He goes, it got panned by everyone. <laughs> no one liked this play. And I said, well, I told him I'd come, so we have to go. Let's walk down to Times Square. Let's see where it is. So we walk down to Times Square and we look down. Oh, there, there. Let's go down and see the marquee. Let's see the one sheet and uh, whatever. We, we didn't know what time it was. Anyway, we walk down. As soon as we approach, the door is open. Every, it's the end of the play. Oh, my God. End of the play, people are throwing down their playbills going, this is a piece of shit. I, uh, this is a horrible, horrible play. And I said, oh, I reached down, <laughs> I grabbed a playbill, and I grabbed my wife's hand, and I said, come on. She goes, no, 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 no. She's not one to be able to fake anything through. And I proudly say she's never faked anything. And so... <laughs> We knock on the on the stage door. He said, "I'm here to see John Ritter, uh, Brian Cranston. Come on, oh, come on up." He's he's surprised. So I come up. He goes, "John goes, what? What? Why didn't you call? Like, oh, don't tell me about the call. Are you kidding? The call? Why would I call? Yeah." yeah. He says, well, "What did you think? I, what did I think? <laughs> what did I think? Are you really? No are words. You seriously, asking what? My God." My God. That's perfect. And talk about funny. Right. He goes, seriously? I go, are you kidding? Of course. Come here. Give me a hug. I hugged him. And, I'm, and, and my wife goes over and talks to his daughter who is in his room. In comes John Lovitz. And, um, oh, my God. I'm just blanking on his name. Uh, uh, um, a, a comic actor does a droll droll uh um stan laurel no <laughs> we'll think of it they come in they're taking over and and he says brian liked it and i went oh are you kidding liked it this <laughs> this play and they're going really you're like you're gonna oh my god are you kidding come on let's have a drink to this day so lovitz had seen the play lovitz went into the play and did he say anything to betray your lie <laughs> no he was shocked he was a little shell shocked to look at it and uh oh my god i can't think of his name he's such a great so, comedian first you take money out of the collection plate oh then you god. lie your way is this a review of the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean I, i'm just saying i'm a, getting a fuller picture you're getting the full Brian. picture that's it you know it is you get to know somebody in increments you know and I see you kissing yeah. Angela Lansbury's ass in order to get a job. <laughs> well, look at, but look at how it came out. I mean, the, you know, the irony as we fast forward in this movie of our lives is that you are the award-winning, famous, you know, Dude. critically lauded, universally loved, A-list actor. And here I am, lonely in my little club <laughs> random, in all your, by myself, smoking your, my blunts. No. In your case. We both went exactly where we should have gone. Yes. I was not an actor. An actor is the opposite of what I do. I, it could never work. Yeah. A comedian. Believe me, I saw your be. work. It was the opposite <laughs> of what you do. <laughs> was I terrible in that? You're, it, 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 was, it just wasn't you. Yeah. 
It just wasn't well, that's you. That's what acting is. You're not you. You're not you. No, I wasn't some guy who found a, a John Doe body. I remember that. I did not. I, I to this day, I don't understand that script. It was so convoluted. Yeah. yeah. And pretty, uh, pretty confusing. Yeah. And like, no, I'm I'm very fortunate that um, I was didn't wasn't cast as the, you know, office creep on bringing up Chunky because. I could, you know, have done 10 years on a show and then have never been able to have the credibility to do what I really do. No, bringing up Chunky 2, Chunky 3, yeah. Chunky... Well, you know, it would, I have, mean, been, it would have been a whole the, series. The residuals would have been... Would have been fantastic. Been amazing, but no, but you... I met you, I met you I mean, over 20 years ago on Politically Incorrect. Oh, that too. Yeah. I remember that. It's fantastic. Yes. And, and groundbreaking. Well, and I'm and I'm not uh, I, I and I'm not here to kiss your ass, oh, but, but it was fucking like, great. What if you want to? It, no, it was like great. That. Yeah, it was great. Well, I hope you don't think it was better than the show I do now, because most of us who worked on both think it was a giant step up to go to HBO and do the show. Well, we do because now. you had more freedom. Um, it's just more adult. You know, politi politically incorrect was a, a, I would say, a planned train wreck. It was four people who should never have been together in the same room. Right. And were, you know, and that's what we, and that's fun. You know, it's like, hey, this is a democracy. Everybody gets to vote. Why can't Bob Dole and Carrot Top have a debate? <laughs> you know, I mean, but it wasn't, you know. And that was what was so brilliant about it, is that now... In yeah. all, in all truth. But for me, it, it's it was it's not nearly the work I've done on real time. No, it real just time isn't. It isn't. Is it it's just different. It's a but, different world. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just it's just a. Anyway, um, I remember you went shortly after after politically correct ended. I remember being on one of the shows near the end, and I remember if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you hinting like. I'm going somewhere else. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. On the uh, air or? No, no. Oh, no. Oh, Sato Bochy. No, no. It was, it was after. Yeah, it was, I'm going uh, somewhere a dramatic else. Dramatic aside? Yeah, I was like, I'm going Hark, somewhere else. I'm going somewhere I think, else. I think you used semaphores. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, got, I got the message. Well, um, I loved the last six months of Politically Incorrect, even though we were canceled. Even though yeah. we were, one critic called us dead show walking. Because we were still on yeah. uh, for like nine months after 9-11, and it freed us to like do much closer to the show I'm doing now. Yeah. It freed us to yeah. like, we because you know why? The country was like in this somber mood. So it wasn't appropriate to have, you know, yeah. like, like yes. you know, dumbasses and sitcom yeah, twerks. So I did a much more adult show yeah. with like a, a panel of people who yeah. like actually could speak instead of just yeah. verbal. It's it's been it's so, been amazing to watch this. Oh, it really has. I can't believe you know. We're first of all, we're both so lucky that we're still working. Yeah, you know, this is a business that puts people out to pasture. You know, whereas you know, I mean, you've never been busier, right? Yeah, it's been really, I mean, they, really busy. Yeah, but it's see, you look just. I think we both look, no one is fooled that we're uh, Chris Hemsworth, but like you look generically still like late middle age, but middle age, you don't look old. 
You know, it's so it's not like you can play parts. I look Hollywood middle aged. Well, you look, you can play parts where like your looks are not distracting. Yes. We're not, we're not, you're not, no. Oh my God. We're not confused that you're the guy who's going to, who's going to be, you know, getting. Your looks are not distracting. Right. I love that. That's true. Right. Yeah. I look it's in the true. mirror and I don't, I don't get but distracted at, at all. that's not a bad. Yeah, that, that's right. Okay. It's coming. Right. It's a, it's, it's as good as you can do. Yeah. And you have all this acting experience and like popularity built up from your past yeah. roles. So you're like, you're in the killing field now. No, really. Yeah. This it's, is, it's, a, it's good. It's a good time. And I feel like almost the same thing for yeah. me. Like, it's a good time. I, yeah. Built up enough credibility. I've been around and you can still look at me. <laughs> you're not, not. I'm not repulsed. You're not doing it. I don't recoil. Right. When I see, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're not doing it for the reason of looking at us. Hey, let me ask you this. What? Is there a bathroom around? I mean, it's like, is do we do that on a yes. show like this? Uh, uh, can you hold it for like five minutes and then I'll just let you go? Oh, okay. Or, uh, I mean, unless you want to like. I really got, I got to go. Then but come here. Should I go? Yeah. And then we'll come yeah. back. Okay. Plugs. <laughs> Yes, why not? If you're watching this, you'd want to know what I'm doing. And it, these are very entertaining shows, these live shows. I mean, whew, entertaining. February 17th and 18th, I am at the David Copperfield Theater. I know that must be at the MGM, because that's where I'm moving this year, the MGM Grand. Very excited about that, Las Vegas, February 17th and 18th. And February 25th, the Hard Rock Live in Sacramento. Uh, I think it's outside of Sacramento, but I think that's the market. Anyway, uh, if you're from Sacramento proper, what I'm saying is you don't have a, an excuse. <laughs> it is drivable. It's California. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a snowstorm. Although, yeah. Oh, the rain. I forgot. <laughs> if it's still raining, you're off the hook. Okay. I good. God, I uh, feel that that really humanized you. It did. It calmed that, me down. That choice you made in the scene to go to the bathroom. I feel like we don't see that in enough movies. And I'm looking, you know, these super spies, they do everything. They run off buildings. They shoot 100 people without getting shot. But they never have to go to the bathroom. They never have to pee. Really? <laughs> they never have to pee? I feel like if you did, if you did a superhero movie... And I'm sure you wouldn't. Um, that would be a good, to have a really vulnerable, like maybe a, a superhero, but who has a urological problem. <laughs> and he has to. A superhero who wears the pens. He just, he just. It was always. Leaks. Always he leaks. At, <clears throat> he's always at the urologist's yes. office. But you would not do a movie like that. You have you been offered? Uh, are you like? Could you be like the villain in uh, Doctor Shitfuck? Yeah, <laughs> I would consider. Really? Well, I would because they're. Oh, then they're gonna they're gonna hear that and they're gonna do it because you're exactly, you're like I said, killing field for you. You're exactly at the perfect time to play like a super bad villain, and because of who you are, built this up to, you'll get, you know, a bankload of a truckload of money. I will? Yes, absolutely. You won't be the star. That'll be Liam Hemsworth. But yeah. you'll be, you know, but they need you too. I would do and it. it. And it'll be the fun part of the picture. That's the one you'll I'm saying. You'll steal it because you always do. I'm, it's the fun part of the movie. Yes. 
And why would I say no they, to that? Because you wouldn't. Why aren't they offering it? Because they need like someone who's the bad guy to be of like equal credibility, but on that different level. Yeah. You know, not he's not okay. I'm not Liam Hemsworth. I'm not. <laughs> You've said that like four or five times now. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> But you were going to you see me in my youth. I wasn't. I did either. on Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> and everybody was saying that you, guy's going nowhere. You. Look what we knew. <laughs> what did you play on that? I don't remember. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know, it's it's these. I don't know. I remember there was. I honestly don't remember the shit I used to do. I do remember an actor on that named David Huddleston. Yes, he, of course. He was, he was David Huddleston. He was the sheriff. Yeah. And he he did that shit for a long time. And yeah. I remember one day he was complaining. I think he played Santa Claus. Yeah, there was a mo- Santa. He would Claus be a movie. good Santa Claus. And I, yes, and uh, I did a Matlock where I was a Santa Claus. You did a Matlock, Fuck, of course. Oh my God! Don't ever. Didn't ad- you? Don't. No, I was. Well, how could that be? I we're the same age. Matlock was on. Oh yeah, I guess in your twenties. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When Matlock was on, I was like, I feel like I was a million miles from doing anything real in show business. Yeah. No, I, I mean, did that. I did. I, I met my my wife in a show called Airwolf. Do you remember that? With yes. the helicopter? With the guy, Jan, wasn't that Jan, Jan Michael, Michael Vincent. Vincent? Yeah. Did not end well for him. It did not. You see how lucky we are, Brian Cranston. Oh, yes. I mean, here we are, you know. Um, we got our hair. We got our hair, some of it, not everyone that was ever there. You know, our careers are peaking in our late 60s. Look at that. I mean, it could go, it could have gone a lot worse. White privilege on display. You know, <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of that, you know what, what one I love? The one you did with Kevin Hart. Oh, yeah. That is. Thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're and doing Kevin a sequel Hart, to that. By the way, when he is encouraged by the right director to just be an actor, yeah, fantastic. He is terrific. He does not need to just do what, you know, look, there's no shame in getting famous by being very popular doing no. a, a and con- selling jokes. Yeah, t- yeah. well, uh, he's also a good comedian. Great. But, but I'm saying in movies, he had that one kind of thing he did where he was a little over the top, but it was funny and yeah, it's yeah. a comedy. Let's come here, let's live, okay? But when he is encouraged the right way, in a, where it's not appropriate, yeah. and to, he was, I was, was so terrific. Imp- it was, it was called the Upside. Yeah, the Upside. The Upside, and he, uh, I, I went to lunch with him. I, I wanted to find out if he was ready for this. If he was like, if he got this, I, I said to him at lunch, I said, you know, this is, this is really not a comedy. I mean, this is really a character piece. Are you? Are you ready for that? He goes, I know exactly what it is. Right. And it's exactly what I need for my career. Right. And he was he was entirely correct. Right. And I said, and he did this it. movie rests on your shoulders. You have to drive every scene. Sure. And he did. Yeah, he did. He did. And Well, he, I mean, that's a bit of, over. It was a fairly equal two-man show. It was... Two people who are locked together yeah. because I'm but, in the movie you're in a wheelchair. But he was such yeah. a whirling dervish. Yeah. He, he carried the yeah. show. Yeah, I mean. So we're doing a sequel to it. Oh, wow. Yeah. You get up? 
<laughs> okay. For those of you who don't, who haven't seen the upside, I play a quadriplegic <laughs> in a chair, and that's why this bastard said, "Do you get up?" <clears throat> you know, I got shit for that. What? I got a lot of shit for that. For what? Oh, this is gonna set him off. Uh oh. I am not a. Um, oh, a... because you're not in a wheelchair. Yes. Well, we'll fix that. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am an able-bodied actor yeah. playing a disabled well, actor. Sean Penn had the great line about that. Mm. He said, uh, "It's getting to the point <clears throat> where you can only play Hamlet if you're a prince from Denmark." <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's called acting. Yeah. It's almost the whole point that you are doing something that you are not, right? Um, I can't even, I can't even. And again, you know, not to get back to woke goes too far, but you notice it when it enters your own life, don't you? Like that. Yes, uh, it, it, it was noticeable to me. I, I was pretty surprised that I got some blowback to it. And um, I thought there's a good point that disabled actors are not given an opportunity. It's a kind of a catch-22 that, that um, you know, it's like, do you have the cachet to be able to carry a film? It has to make sense. If, yeah. you know, if you're playing Jim Thorpe, <laughs> you gotta be yeah. able to run. Yeah. We lost all common sense. Yes, should should there be the thought given to, hey, you know, this part could be, and by the way, it's not like I've never seen anybody in a wheelchair in a movie. Pretty much anyone who ever works a computer is in a wheelchair in every movie I've ever seen, okay? So, but yes, are there other, you know, doctors and lawyers? And yeah, they, they could, and where it's appropriate without, like, taking you out of the story, great. We would but, have missed some great performances. Um, but this Daniel Day-Lewis, My Left Foot. Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. Oh. There's a lot of... Oh, yes. It's not even worth considering. It's so silly. I think I'm just saying it's perspective. You can yeah. only have the perspective of a 66-year-old white male. That's all you can have. All of us can only have our own perspective. Exactly it right. It doesn't mean I can't... I'm not a sentient being who no, can't see. You can understand, but you cannot really None of us know what it feels like to live in that skin. Nobody can. Except them. If you had said that again in the era we were born, like somebody did a book on it in the 50s called Black Like Me, where he, he yeah. put on blackface basically right. so he could see what it was like. In the 1950s to walk around, it would be a, a just, you would. that's why that book resonated. Yes. It would be a shock. And in the 1960s, during the riots in Watts and in Detroit and Chicago and elsewhere, I remember asking my mother, why are these black people so angry? Why are they so angry? I couldn't understand. Why are they throwing rocks and bottles? Because they lived and, in the 1960s. Yeah. But surveys now show that black people, uh, especially young black people, are way more optimistic about their future in America than whites. I hope so. Whites are the, actually the only ethnicity that has a bias against themselves. Really? They're the only, yes, they're the only group that, 
this comes from, you know, the far left, I think. They, they just, the only group who doesn't want to be with their own kind of people. Every other ethnic group, <laughs> at least, is okay with them. Yeah. Wow. No, there, there is a weird kind of white self-loathing. Yeah. That does go on in America. It's, 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 a, it's kind of a kink. It's, it's, it's kind of like wanting some uh, dominatrix to dig a, a, a high heel into your neck. Uh, to a certain Let's not degree. disparage that kind of activity. <laughs> that could be very engaging and yeah. exciting. You could put that on your uh, judge show. <laughs> My judge show. Why? 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 Is Why? You, you sounded a little oh. bit like walking there. <laughs> oh. Why? Do you do any impressions? I do impressions of impressions. Everybody so, does. Kevin Pollack, you know. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin you do Kevin Pollack's. Yeah. <laughs> I do Kevin Pollack's walking, you know. Right. I, I can do, um, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I can do um, somebody's, somebody. Um, oh, this is perfect. I can't remember. You can do I, some impression. I can't remember. Who is it? Who I who can do? Is. What's the somebody, I can do? Somebody. But yes, but that happens a lot with impressions. There was a guy, you probably remember this because we're the same age, Will Jordan. Yeah. Okay, he was the guy who first did Ed Sullivan. And right. then everybody right. else was kind of like, do, yes. Doing Ed. Yeah. yeah. Doing, yeah, Will everybody Jordan. Everybody was doing Will Jordan's yeah. Ed Sullivan. Yeah. You know, mailmen yeah. were doing it. Yeah. You know, it was not hard. <laughs> you just had to do. A big shoe. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Oh, oh man. See, that was that was something that made America a, a easier place. What? Great again? Oh God! I can't. No, I'm I can't just saying. Even. You, so that's what made oh, America. Go get your Golden Globe. Really, <laughs> just just go up there and 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 do what they want and do you engage in your kink. Make them feel guilty about just existing and their privilege because oh, they're at an award. Well, I mean. An award show is pretty privilegy. It is, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, your life is fine. Why make yourself feel guilty about it? I don't feel guilty it, you, about it. You didn't do it. You didn't do Jim Crow. I'm not guilty uh, okay, about I it. I know. I'm, I'm just accepting that this is the world that we have lived in. Have lived in, yes. Yeah. And and are, are making great strides and um, still work to be done. True. And let's let's try to accurately place ourselves where we are. Yes, is is where what I would say. I like that. But I still think you should go to the. Now, wasn't the show last night? Wasn't that the Golden Globes last night? It was. Yeah. Were you there? Were no. you no? Not up for anything this year? With all what you're doing? No, isn't that surprising? Now, no. weren't uh, the Golden Globes themselves canceled because they were they unwoke? Like have completely. You know, um, Jared Carmichael, who hosted the show. Okay. Young, black. I know who he is, sure. Yeah. He had the temerity and the balls, and I was happy to hear that, that he said, the reason I'm hosting this show tonight is because I'm black. And gay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> yeah. And that, and. Well, that's, and that is, to get back to our thing about the actor versus the comedian. Yeah. That is why he's a good comedian. That is what comedy does. It is like a divining rod yeah. that goes toward the thing that is true. It's the truth. That it everybody, the truth. And that everybody right. either totally is thinking 
or recognizes when they hear it. Totally get or that. Or phrases it better than they have. Yes. But it's the it's the elephant in the room. Yeah. And you're right. And Good that's for him. So beautiful about that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, a lot of America is trying pretty hard in the last few years to to make up for the sorry past. They Can really... I ask you a question? In your work, did you ever pull up? Because pull up from the joke because you thought it was not going to be received well. No. no. Like, well, I mean, pull up from the joke. The only, I mean, I guess I could do that in the monologue because that's just really a bullet point here or there. So right. I, I'm really saying it, as, but I don't remember doing it there. The editorial I do at the end is, you know, I worked hard on that all week, getting every word exactly the way I want it. So I'm never going to pull up on that. You work so, really hard. No, I mean, you do. yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm pulling up is not, it's not the way I create a bond with my audience. No, you know, even I think if they don't agree, most with me. people will look at your show and go, "Oh my God, he's just winging it. He's Good. just having a great time." That's what that's what it should look like. That's exactly right. That's that fantastic is, yes. if you think. Yeah. That. That's the that's the skill. Part of the skill. Yeah. Is to, you know, I think the Italians call it sprezzatura, like to make something difficult look easy. And, you know, hopefully, yes, I, I mean, I'm old school with showbiz. It's like, like, I'm there for them. Like, I don't ask the audience, like, if, if I have a problem, you don't hear about it. My mother died. You don't. You didn't hear about it. You know, some people do that. It's fine on talk shows. I'm not knocking it. It's just not me. Like I am there for you. So like, if I don't feel good, that's my issue to work out before the show, and to make the show just fly by and glide by. And yes, make serious things still say, still stay buoyant and funny at times, and so that it's not you know, a trip to the dentist to find out what happened in the world that <laughs> no. week, you know? So, you know, I'm there for them. I, I will do what it takes to get to that point. I've never seen your show, uh, your Vegas show. Come with me to Vegas some weekend. I will. Would and you, and how, how long like, is it? Like just guys? You, yeah. Would your wife let you do like just a guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, absolutely. Even if it was me? I've been married <laughs> I mean, for 33 years. I know, like, but I'm known as a bad influence. No. <laughs> you're not going to... Your influence is not I'm just saying, not, be prepared to have your picture taken at the Spearmint Rhino at 2 a.m. <laughs> it's, it's Vegas. It's great. Okay. So you, I love you, it. You would do that? Oh, yeah. You'd go to the Spearmint Rhino with me? I, I totally would. Oh, this is so going to happen. Let's do it. Let's do it now. <laughs> I totally, I totally okay. would go. I'm, oh. I go to Vegas. Trust me, I, the Lisa Marie is fueled up and ready to go. I'm telling. <laughs> I've got the peanut butter and banana sandwiches on ice. We are. We are well, how, so, how long is your show? When you when you do uh, Vegas, Vegas, your Vegas is show. different than, than any other city. Okay, so you go to I, I seventy you, minutes. Seventy minutes. Why? Because like normally I would do ninety, or maybe a little more. Uh, but in Vegas, they always want to uh, keep the show short because any minute you're in the showroom, you're not in the casino, not the casino. losing yeah. the house. Right. So you want a little more? 
No, I, no, I have you. strict limits. You... I, I, no, really, seriously, it's important. Oh, okay. at, at our age, you know, you just cannot. I mean, it's one of the saddest things in my life is that I have to be very careful and circumspect about how I drink. Not that it's going to kill me over tonight, but like, come on, we're just not playing with the house money anymore. You know, I, I always say about health and you look great. You look like you're in, in really good health. I mean, you're no Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> I thought one more time for the road. <laughs> but, <laughs> but here's how I look back yeah. on my decades and how I handled myself. There's a saying in sports, uh, whatever the defense will give you. In other words, like, if they're playing against the run, you throw the pass. If they're throwing against the pass, you know, we took what the defense would give us. I feel like that's what I did with my body. When my body in my 20s and 30s would allow me to have 30 drinks a week, I did it. Yeah. I smoked cigarettes, you know. I mean, yeah. I just did stupid things, but my body didn't revolt enough to make me stop. You know, I still could function. You know, when you're, when you're 30, you can fucking drink, have eight drinks at night. And, you know, pass out or whatever, or fall asleep pretty easily. And, and you're at work the next day. Yeah. I couldn't, that is inconceivable at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with you, like, throwing these back. Because <laughs> that would knock me on my ass. Not that I'd be so drunk. I would just be sick for, like, till tomorrow. Oh, no. Well, purity. I don't smoke. But I, I do. But, yeah. I do like. I do like the drink, but I sip. No, I, I think I don't. I think it's just your. Your. You probably have a very strong constitution. I do. Are you Irish? I am. So me too. Yeah. yeah. Irish We're, and Jewish. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have more Jew in me than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more Jew than you, is what you're saying. But it's it's not a competition. <laughs> Otherwise, we are. Not only are we going <laughs> to, excuse me, <laughs> not only are you, are you and I going to go to Vegas and to the Teddy Bar, I, no, but I feel. Okay. But I, I really want to see your show. You can. I want to see the show. No, I know. You're coming with me on the plane. It's going to, we're go, you're going to be gone okay. a total of 30 hours. Okay. You can see the show twice. We'll go. I will do that. Friday late afternoon. We'll, we'll have Friday night after the show. We'll, we'll have brunch, a leisurely... I've done this before. <laughs> Trust me, it Let's works. It. We'll have a leisurely brunch on Saturday. It'll be awesome. And then do whatever in the afternoon. Do the second show on Saturday night and get right back here. You'll be in your bed Saturday night at midnight. Great. Your wife will hardly know you're gone. She'll probably <laughs> like it. <laughs> <laughs> She'll say, Raul, is yeah. that you? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. No. I can't wait. But beyond that, I do think we should do some sort of uh, reboot of the uh, Bing Crosby, Bob Hope Road pictures. I think I'd be a good Bing. I mean, a good Bob Hope. And I think you could do Bing Crosby. I so mean, you could, think we could you're just... Bob and I'm Bing. Oh, yeah. I'm the, Bob and Bing. I'm the comedian. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, and I can play that, you know cowardly <laughs> sort of <laughs> schmuck you know that he bob hope for a guy who was so beloved his his character was a shyster and in his yeah. personal life he yeah. was just known to be a huge a huge prick oh my god <laughs> Graydon carter 
tells a yeah. great story. I read it like in somewhere, <laughs> probably Vanity Fair, his magazine. But he was uh, at staying at Bob's house in Palm Springs. This is, I don't know, 25 years ago or something. And um, I don't know, I guess he was doing a story on him or something. You know, he was a well-known editor, but, you know, he became a much bigger, I think this is before the Vanity Fair Oscar party. All right. But he was still Graydon Carter, or maybe it was after, it must have been, because he was a sort of a celebrity himself. So but for whatever reason, he was staying at Bob's house in Palm Springs, and he goes in there, put him to bed, you know, whatever, and, you know, he says he's about to turn out the light. He said it was 11 o'clock at night, and he hears this padding outside the door, and then a little faint knock, he opens the door, it's Bob. <laughs> Bob says... Yeah, <laughs> but I want to tell you, why don't we go into town and pick up some girls? <laughs> and then Graydon wrote, he was 80 at the time. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I want to tell you. Yeah, I was going to town and yeah, pick up some girls. town and pick up some girls. I mean, and of course, married. Connie that, Francis, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Connie Francis. And that's what you guys are fighting for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, it's 8 o'clock? It's 8 o'clock. All right, I'll let you go. Good time, but bro. I'm telling you, that was fun. You don't mind going from here to here and then back. I love that about somebody when they can bounce from we're very serious and then we're laughing and then we're serious and then, right? It's rare. It's it's it's, it's fun. How I, it should be. I rem I admire the respect, uh, the shit out of you. Uh, this is probably I, and I you. Really, really do. Um, um, you, you are, you have over the decades been the voice of reason. Oh, I hope I so. I never miss your show. Oh, great! Uh, it, <laughs> I never see it. So how can I miss it? You don't watch your show? <laughs> no, that's Milton Berle's old oh, line. I, no, I, I, I never miss your show. I never, miss I never your see show. it. So how can I miss it? <laughs> <laughs> see, I was serious. You were, you were, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why we should go pick up some girls. Yeah, <laughs> eighty. Gotta wow. love that. Gotta love it. Anyway, we're doing good. Thank you, man. All right, let's have a good year. It's the beginning of a new one. New year. My birthday's in uh, nine days. I'll get to sixty-seven a little 67, before you, my friend. I know, but look at us. We could play in a. <laughs> Perhaps not the ingenue, <laughs> but uh, in a band of some sort. I'm not saying I could do Kate Hudson's part in Almost Famous, <laughs> but I think. But I try. Clubbing.